Hi, this is Dr. William Renner. I'm proud to be the host of a podcast on evidence-based medicine on wellness and nutrition. Um, I'm working with Dr. Alan Safdie, a well-known gastroenterologist who's been involved in more than 900 research peer-reviewed studies and uh, authored more than 300 studies. Uh, he's clearly a world expert on nutrition and uh, lectures, uh, one of the few lecturers that lectures in medical schools uh, on nutrition. Dr. Safdie, uh, I wanted to talk about omega-3s and uh, how helpful are omega-3s in our health. Uh, do you take omega-3s, and if so, why? Well, it's a good question. Let's go through some of the research, and some of it's new, and it's fascinating research. Um, you know, omega-3 supplements um, have been around for a long time. Let, let's explain what, what they are. You know, fish oil is a really rich source of long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, and they're a group of polyunsaturated fats. And of those, we're interested in two of those. And I won't mention the long chemical names, but we'll, let's call them EPA and DHA. Um, and initially, these compounds were recommended for, you know, daily, to take them daily for the prevention of cardiovascular disease. Uh, so consequently, the use of fish oil supplements, you know, in the United States and overseas has been tremendous over the years. Um, so... You know, there's a lot of benefits to these. So do they, let's approach, first of all, do they really benefit cardiovascular disease? Um, that's a huge question. You know, can these, you know, benefit us in the long term? Um, so there's been a lot of studies on fish oil and inflammatory diseases, but just talking about cardiovascular disease, you know, there was an NIH there was a large study and it really didn't appear to benefit in regards to cardiovascular disease. Um, uh, in regards to inflammatory diseases and inflammation, you know, omega-3 fatty acids have been shown to attenuate inflammation in a host of conditions. Um, you know, even looking at things such as metabolic syndrome, uh, treatment options for metabolic syndrome are limited, but, you know, there's a double blind study published, uh, this year, uh, where omega-3 uh, compounds on metabolic syndrome appeared to have some potential modest improvement in endothelial function and oxidative stress, stress on the body, stress on the vascular system, as well as a lipid profile. So, but for yeah, cardi- um, I mean, yeah, let me just interrupt. The metabolic syndrome is that syndrome of diseases that usually occurs in overweight individuals uh, who have a, a wide waistline that have uh, abnormal uh, glucose tolerance and frequently have elevated cholesterol. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we see it all the time. It's type 2 diabetes. It's obesity. It's visceral fat. It may be a fatty liver in these patients where the fat is deposited in the liver where it's really not good for the liver cells. Um, so, you know, it's not just obesity, but where is the fat being deposited in them? So they have hypertension, diabetes, increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, and it's an epidemic in our population. So the question of whether omega-3 can help that is a reasonable question to ask. Um, uh, how much, what were the dosage in those studies about? Well, you know, we don't look at, so we can go over dosages in our next podcast. We're going to do a podcast on omega-3s. 
um, in regards to dosing, and I'm going to go over dosages for different studies. Each study is different. So don't look at how many milligrams of fish oil there are. It's how many milligrams of EPA and DHA. And EPA and DHA have different functions. So, you know, we'll go over the different dosages. That, that's going to be a podcast in and of itself. Uh, so hopefully people will listen to our subsequent podcast on that. Um, let, let's go back to cardiovascular disease because I said there, at least in the United States, it was thought in the vital study, um, which was a large study of vitamin D and omega-3, and it was a randomized controlled study of over 25,000 patients in about a five-year follow-up, found that supplementation with these omega-3s, it really was associated with some reduction in the risk of a heart attack, but no association with the risk of all cardiovascular disease events. Um, So not with angina, not with other things, so just with heart attacks. So, you know, we thought the protective effects of omega-3 fatty acids, you know, could be negligible uh, or weak based upon that study. But there was a recent study um, that was published in the British Medical Journal, which was actually a larger study um, than the one in the United States. And, you know, in that study, you know, there may be some benefit. Uh, so we still have a lot to learn um, in regards to, you know, is there a benefit of omega-3 in regards to cardiovascular disease? But in that study, um, you know, habitual use of fish oil seemed to be associated with a lower risk of all-cause and cardiovascular disease mortality. So it benefited lots of things in that population. So what about other things um, in regards to about What about stroke or um, neurologic diseases? Uh, They included, well, let's talk about neurologic diseases separately, but cardiovascular disease mortality and cardiovascular disease events did increase stroke in those patients. So, you know, maybe, and this was, you know, our study in the U.S. was 25,000 patients. In this study, they had over 400,000 men and women between the ages of 40 and 69 had no prior history of cardiovascular disease or cancer. And they enrolled them, you know, it's a longer study between 2006 and 2010 and followed the end of the study was in 2018. And then the data was interpreted. Um, other neurologic diseases besides stroke, you know, it's fascinating. We're exposed. We know air pollution now is really bad for our brain. Um, and so what about, you know, not necessarily supplements, but eating fish, you know, one to two servings a week of baked or boiled fish or shellfish that are high in omega-3, such as salmon and things like that. And what can it counteract the effects of air pollution on the brain? And it's a fascinating study. Um, you know, we knew these fish were excellent sources of omega-3. So they took over 1,300 women, average age of 70. One of the downsides was it was with women and predominantly Caucasian women who were in the study. And they did a dietary questionnaire, but they did more. They did blood tests to see how much omega-3s were in their red blood cells. So if you really want to get an accurate idea of how much omega-3s one is consuming, you measure it in the red blood cells. So they used the women's home address to determine their three-year average exposure to air pollution because certain cities have a lot more air pollution. Certain zip codes have a lot more air pollution than other ones. And then they did MRIs, which you're very familiar with, Bill, to measure various areas of the brain, including the white matter. 
And they adjusted it for all kinds of things like education, smoking, other factors. But it was fascinating. The women had the highest level of omega-3 in their red blood cells, had the greatest volume of white matter, um, brain matter, than those with the lowest levels. And it was significant. Uh, so the more omega-3s you consumed, maybe the more protective it is against air pollution. So it really suggests that high levels of omega-3 fatty acids in the blood from fish oil consumption, we don't know about supplements, but I assume it may be the same, may preserve brain volume as women age and possibly protect against these potential toxic effects of air pollution that we're all exposed to. So I, I think that's just, it's a fascinating, fascinating study. Um, Do you know of any studies uh, that directly um, have involved uh, Alzheimer's disease or uh, dementia? No, because, I mean, the problem is we don't have a, we have studies on Alzheimer's disease for treatment of pre-existing Alzheimer's. They're not good at all. Uh, so we have population studies. It's populations that take in the most omega-3s actually have a lower incidence. Um, is it directly related to the omega-3s? Or when you do population studies, those populations may exercise more, they may have less stress, they may have, you know, um, more of a plant-based diet. So there's a lot of other factors. But in regards to life expectancy, um, there's a study that came out recently, the higher levels of omega-3s in the blood increased life expectancy by almost five years. That's more than smoking. Um, you know, and that's fascinating. We'll talk about that in our next podcast, which we're going to uh, will be coming out next week, and we'll talk about life expectancy at that point. Well, I mean, this sounds, you know, still to me very, very uh, useful. I mean, it, it increases, um, decreases your risk of uh, at least a heart attack, decreases uh, your risk from pollution and white matter, increases your amount of white matter, and increases your life expectancy. I mean, all of those uh, are great, uh, great predictors of longevity. Uh, you would yeah. think. Well, you're right, but we're going to talk about on the next podcast some downsides of it also. All right. um, you know, there's benefits and risks to everything. Too much water can kill you. Not enough water is very dangerous. Too much vitamin D is terribly bad for you. And too little vitamin D is also terribly bad for you. So, you know, megadose vitamins may be very harmful, but being vitamin deficient in certain areas is also extremely harmful. So, We'll talk about some of the pros and cons. We'll go over the life expectancy study and a couple other things in our next podcast. Alan, uh, again, I'd like to thank you for this uh, great uh, podcast, uh, excellent information. And for those of you who listen to our podcast, uh, please uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tell others uh, about the podcast. Uh, any other comments, Alan? No, I really appreciate it, Bill, and uh, thank you very much for hosting these.